Southern and Alabama A&M kick off swag play against each other this week, both looking for their first conference victory. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Family, welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, aka the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day, every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. Just means it's time to follow me on Twitter. At South Exclusive starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, whew, we have a big one. I'm, I'm excited for this one. I ain't gonna lie. We have Southern versus Alabama A&M. They are kicking off their SWAC conference play this week against each other down there in Baton Rouge. And of course, you know, we have our three matchups. We have our two storylines. We have our key to victory. And this one's a little bit special because every day, as you know, Mo, this is the Mo Carter Bowl we have where he works, working down there in Huntsville with Alabama A&M versus his alma mater, right? I just I just recently seen a picture of young Mo on the Southern football team. So this one is special. And I think it's only right that we get Mo Carter involved in the show because this is the Mo Carter Bowl. So without further ado, let me bring on good friend of the show in Fox 54's Mo Carter. My guy, man, I appreciate you coming on. I just hit you up, what, yesterday about it? And you got right back with me. We're knocking this thing out, so I'm excited. I'm always excited to get on board with you as well, Darian, man. You do great work, especially on the Locked On Podcast Network, and your HBC coverage is always grand, so always be glad to be a part of the party. Now, I appreciate it, and we went through a little bit of what the rundown is, so we'll kick it off with our storylines, or excuse me, our matchups. And for me, the matchup that I'm most excited to see is Donovan Eaglin and Ryan Moreau, because he's in this too, against Jalen Campbell, the stud linebacker for Southern. Why this is so interesting to me is because we've seen what Eaglin could do last season. He really burst onto the scene, and that led to him having a second team, all-swag nomination, and then a preseason first team, all-swag nomination this year. This is a running back with a lot of talent, with a big future. He came on and really took the job. And that's why a lot of people were excited about him coming into the year. One of the best and most surprising players in the swag to people probably outside of Huntsville. But then also, he was injured last week. So he missed the game against Lane College. But it didn't matter because apparently 
Alabama A&M just recycles running backs. It's just next man up means something different when we're talking about the Bulldog running back room because Ryan Morrow had a monster day, 191 yards, three touchdowns, was the offensive player of the week for the conference in their game against Lane. I thought that this guy was phenomenal. So Coach Maynard's already said that they're going to switch or split time. And then you also have Jalen Campbell on the other side, who's a really good linebacker and somebody who, as a whole, knows how to get in the backfield, knows how to get in the backfield, only, not only in the passing game, but then also in the rushing game because he's a linebacker and he has a good amount of tackles for a loss last year. And he has 23 tackles on the season this year. All SWAC nominee preseason this year as well, similar to Eaglin. Eaglin and then... This is one of the matchups that I think is going to be a big deciding factor, but I know you also have a matchup of your own that you're looking forward to. Absolutely. The matchup that I'm really looking forward to is Alabama A&M's defensive line, which is led by Zarian Hayes, against Southern's offensive line. Right now, Alabama A&M has four sacks on the season. Southern's offensive line has given up nine sacks through the first two games. So clearly when they talk about that football is a game of inches and a game one in the trenches, that's going to be something that we're definitely going to see on Saturday. Can Alabama A&M's defensive line get to the backfield and um, basically disrupt the flow of uh, one Harold Blood and the Jaguars offense, or will the offensive line of Southern University actually step up and protect Harold Blood, give him more time so that offense can find success? Yeah, and like I told you, great minds think alike. I told him before, I said, you know what, I'm going to have a lot of them because we might be thinking on the same wavelength than we were because that was one of the matchups that I was going to highlight. But like I said, got to always have something in the tuck. And that's Xavier Langford versus the Jaguars secondary. That's something I'll be very interested in because you have a quarterback who just earned the job. He was He started last week after splitting time in week one. And everydayers know sometimes I'm – not even sometimes, most of the time, I'm pretty pessimistic about quarterback battles that go into the season. That's just not something that I like. It doesn't inspire confidence to me as an outsider. Maybe if I was on the inside, I would know. But from the outside, not really a confidence builder for me. So then you have a Jaguar secondary that last year was very opportunistic. That was very attacking, and they had a lot of interceptions. This year, they don't have any. Not yet. Will this be the game in which they get their first interception? You know, we've seen the Alabama State game is kind of weird because a lot of people came out of that game with confidence about the Hornets, but they didn't have that much success offensively, honest and truly. So I think that was a decent game for the Jaguar secondary outside of Keshawn Johnson. Keshawn Johnson, you just couldn't handle him. But then also Jaguar, or excuse me, uh, Jackson State, they tore up. Uh, uh, Southern. So it's kind of it's kind of both ways with it. And I'm interested to see if Xavier Langford, a quarterback who's cementing himself as the starter, is going to have a good day or is this the day that the Jaguar secondary really kicks it in? But to fall back, just because I wanted to comment on one of yours, I, I really like uh, Jordan Mitchell from Alabama a and I, I do. I think that Jordan Mitchell has been effective. He has, what, three sacks on the season? And you look at that Southern offensive line, they allow six tackles for a loss versus Alabama and Alabama State and two sacks. And then against Jackson State, 11 tackles for a loss, seven sacks. 
the one you pointed out could make or break the Alabama or excuse me, make or break the Southern offense. Absolutely, Darian. I mean, Jordan Mitchell is one of those guys we kept our eye out on primarily because Zarian, Zarian Hayes, an all-swag selection uh, from a year ago and a preseason all-swag selection, we know uh, good and well he was probably going to get double-teamed a lot. So when you have a guy like that that gets double-teamed, you have to have someone in the next man upstage, and Mitchell has been one of those guys. And this now is a prime opportunity for him to come through and basically have a, a successful game against a team in the spotlight television-wise as well with it streaming on ESPN Plus this upcoming weekend. Yeah, and as we move forward, we're still going with the game. Mo isn't going anywhere. This Matter of fact, the game's named after him. If you walk in and you're actually there, you'll see Southern versus Alabama A&M. And then right underneath, in about as equal size font, the Mo Carter Bowl. And, you know, so we're going to keep him on the show discussing this. And as we move forward, we're going to have our storylines. And this is where we get interesting because me – I'm a storyteller at heart, so I love this segment every single Friday. I appreciate you for joining me, and we're going to continue rolling. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And listen, every new potential hire feels like a high-stakes wager. And I'm sure anytime you wager, you want to make sure that you win. If you're going to risk something, you want to make sure that you come up with a lot of reward. And that's the thing about LinkedIn Jobs is that they provide you the reward or at least the best opportunity to be able to get there. You find the right people. You can find out their attitudes, see if they meet you, meet the kind of the symmetry or the, the what's it called? The chemistry. That's what it's called. The chemistry of your team. You can find out they're qualified to do the work. There's all of these things to be able to find the right candidate faster. We want to make the right decisions quickly, right? So that's what you can do on LinkedIn Jobs. All you have to do is go to LinkedIn.com slash college. You can post your job for free with the purple hashtag hiring frame. Go to LinkedIn.com slash college and make the most of your wager. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Now, I'll be dropping this episode pretty early. Whether you get to it before 10 a.m. or not, we'll still have our college football kickoff live show from 10 a.m. to noon streaming live on the Locked on HBCU show, um, excuse me, channel. I'll be a part of that within the two hours. I won't be the whole two hours, but I'll be in there. So make sure you guys stop in, have a little bit of fun, and see what the other conferences and other schools are talking about. But right now, we're discussing Southern versus Alabama A&M. And we have our storylines. I went first when it came to the matchups. So I think it's only fair that, Mo, I allow you to go ahead and go first with the storylines. What storyline in this game are you looking the most forward to? Can Alabama A&M end the long losing streak in Baton Rouge? Mm. The last time Alabama A&M won a game in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, was 2007. I just so happened to be a junior on the Jaguars football team. We played them in week six of the season that year, and we were the number one ranked team in the Sheraton Bowl at the time. Alabama A&M might have been about number five or six, but they were the defending swag champions and they scored a 33 28 victory over us in that contest but ever since then um in the years that alabama a&m has made a trip to south louisiana they have not 
been successful. The last time they went there, 2019, in an epic shootout, which was homecoming for the Jaguars, in which Aquil Glass definitely put on the show, but it was late-game heroics by Alabama, excuse me, by Southern's defense, which got them the ball back late in the series to actually get a late touchdown. And then the defense sacking Aquil Glass as time expired as he was in the red zone. Um, and even if I go back a year before, down in Mobile, Alabama A&M had a two-touchdown lead on Southern majority of the game, and then they could not hold on to that contest. So if you look at it, the road woes for Alabama A&M against this Jaguar squad have you know been continuous for well over a decade now. And the big thing I'm wondering is can they find a way to definitely end it? And considering that Alabama A&M has a lot of momentum from last week and, uh, and Southern – they're a little bit panic. I'm just going to say a little bit. I'm not going to say full because I have to put myself in the form of a player and also probably coach staff as well, knowing that their season is still ahead of them because those first two games were non-conference. Yes. Because of that, you know, back is against the wall. And I hate to say it, this is a must win for Southern as they get ready to go into a bye week, if I'm not mistaken, the following week. That's in, So I know we're not supposed to do the whole back and forth right away, but would you happen to know just the overall record over the last was that 16 years? Who's who has the overall lead in that time frame? Oh, off the top of my head, I do not. That would be um, interesting. Now, you know, there were some years that they didn't play each other as well because mm -hmm. I know my senior year we did not play them because the SWAC went back to an eight game schedule, and that was a year we didn't play Alabama AM. But um, I do know that. There's been a number of years that the Jags have had, like they've got a decent win streak against Alabama A&M um, for some times too. Because I know they came up here in 2016 and won. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to give wrong information, but I know for sure basically since then Southern has basically won majority of the games. I know Alabama A&M has at least two home victories, but everything else has been pretty much Southern. Let's see. I see it on here. Let's see if I can scroll down. Oh, that's too much. I'm not going to go through each one. It'll take too long for me to get there. But I'm looking at right now, the Jaguars on three, four, five, six. They're on a six-game win streak. So Alabama A&M hasn't won this game since 2012. This is actually really interesting. Oh, it's not that much, actually. Um, yeah, so they're six and two since 2007, since that game. So, I remember that 2012 game. It, it went into mm -hmm. overtime, and if I remember, if I remember correctly, Southern's kicker missed the extra point, and Alabama A&M's kicker got it, and that's how they won. Oh, okay. Because I'm sitting here like, huh? I didn't know about this. The history behind, you know, just the in Baton Rouge, like that's interesting. So I had to go ahead and do my my Googles. I know people are like, why is he looking down on his phone? Because I wanted to look up the stats. I'm interested. But my key to victory, or excuse me, not my key to victory, but my storyline to watch is the return of Gary Quarles. Like that's interesting to me because I'm one of the guys who I really do like movies. I like stories. I like those type of things. That's one of my favorite things. I've said it before. If I could sit on this platform every single day and tell a story every single day, I would. If I could interview people, all of, I love storytelling. Gary Quarles coming back to a place where he probably, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I don't want to put feelings in his head, but he probably feels a little pushed out. Even though he decided to leave in a transfer portal, a lot of times you feel like, 
I mean, I started there. That's why I wanted to be. And then Eaglin came in and Eaglin kind of got the, even if it wasn't, you got to go. Well, I'm not the star now. And I got a split time with this other running back. Mm, I might not want to do that. In the situations like that, we're okay. I'm going to go to Southern. But quite frankly, it hasn't looked good since he's been at Southern. The running backs for Southern all together. It's not just, it's not just quarrels, but the running backs all together haven't performed very well for the Jaguars. And I think that is a concern. But if you're Gary Quarles, what better time to have your breakout game of the season than against your former team? You're coming in there, and I'm sure he's like, I'm going to have a better day than Eaglin. I'm going to look better than him. This is the guy that you came in and you wanted him to take my spot? And if I'm not mistaken, I think when you and I were speaking, I think that Maynard kind of wanted to go through a youth movement as well. I think we discussed that at the end of, uh, of 2022. So multiple reasons to kind of feel like, my time here is up. Even if I didn't want it to be, I can tell that it is. Mm-hmm. Revenge game for Gary Quarles? That's it. That's my storyline to watch. That's my storyline to watch. Yeah, and this would be a perfect opportunity for Gary Quarles to basically, you know, shine. As you mentioned, uh, Southern's rushing attack has not been great these first two games. And I will listen to Coach Eric Dooley in his press conference um, the other day in Baton Rouge. And one of the things he said was that the offense is not clicking because of the rushing attack. And they have to, you know, are forced to basically to pass the ball more. And that allows opposing defenses to pin their ears back. So if they are able to find a way to get the running game going, maybe it is Gary Qualls that can kind of get some things going. And then that will kind of help him and maybe um, Reigns to possibly complement each other against Alabama A&M's defense on Saturday. Yeah, so these are these are our, these are our storylines i'm so used to doing this by myself y'all have to forgive me i'm not used to going back and forth in this kind of way on this mm-hmm. type of episode so if i seem a little bit skittish if i seem a little bit stumbly it's because i am because i'm not used to this this is a little bit abnormal but i'm having a lot of fun and next time we do something like this all the nerves gonna be off me you're gonna be i'm gonna be smooth i'm gonna be you know what i'm saying cinnamon butter like <laughs> for real <laughs> so but as we move forward I'm going to try to get my cinnamon butter on, and I'm going to do my keys to victory. And once again, I'll allow you to go first. But I think the people are going to be interested. Who are you going to pick for your key to victory, your alma mater or where you work? I don't even know the answer to this, but I look forward to finding it out very briefly as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And who was able to make a little bit of money off of last night's game? Thursday Night Football, the Vikings versus the Eagles. Now, if you weren't able to make some money or if you just didn't put any money down, you still have Sunday's action. You still have Saturday's action of college football. There's so many opportunities, so many days. I mean, how many days of the week actually go by with no football? We have football Monday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, Sunday, five days of the week of football. It's a better's heaven. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on. It's the best place to be. And if you put $5 down as a new customer, you'll get $200 back in bonus bets. If you aren't a new customer, you'll still get a reward. You get $100 off of Sunday ticket so that you can see all of the action going around the league. They have a beautiful multi-view so you can watch this one and this one and try to string your parlays together and be an educated person when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. (laughs) 
As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Mo, I asked a question yesterday. So far, nobody's answered me on this in the comments. But when you okay. put up the number three with your hands, do you touch your index to your thumb or your pinky to your thumb? I do pinky to my thumb. I'm an index, like 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 it's a three pointer. So okay, yeah. cool. Okay, I do pinky to the thumb only, only because if I do this, you know, ah! <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not a D nine guy, so. And it was funny because, like, I'd always, I'd always done it like this. And then, you yeah. know, you get in college and you see people doing. I don't want to touch it completely, you know, for a respect factor. But yeah. it kind of just gave me another reason to be like, all right, we're gonna continue to do this. That's a, it's funny because when I do it sometimes and I look in the camera as I do it, I'm like, dang, I probably do look like I'm not a noob, but like it's okay. But but I do like three pointer. That's just naturally how I've always seen. And then they throw it up three. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's how we doing it. But this is a little back and forth with my girlfriend, so she'll be happy to hear this, but whatever. Uh, but as we continue with that nice little interlude, because we just on here having fun, we have yes, our sir. key to victory. We've done our matchups. We've done our storylines. And now we're here for the key to victory. And everybody wants to know, because I'm taking one team. You're taking one team. This is not about who we have winning, but this is just about that team's key to victory. So who are you taking, and what is their key to victory? All right. So as you mentioned, you know, this is my alma mater, the place that I always give props in three ways, quality education, opportunity to um, play college football, and also the place where I met my loving wife at, which mm. is Southern University, against the team that I currently cover on a daily basis in Alabama A&M, who's shown me love for almost eight years now. So definitely it's always a tough situation. But – I will go ahead and go with uh, the team that is literally five minutes away from my television. There you station. go. That's Alabama A&M. And this is no slight to um, my alma mater in Southern University. If anything, maybe this is a challenge to be like, all right, you know, guys on the slot on the snide and you need to go ahead and get it, um, you know, get things together as, you know, the season continues to roll by. But I'll go with Alabama A&M primarily because I think they've done a pretty good job offensively from a balance standpoint, basically, you know, still post a quill glass area. So we're not throwing it 40 times a game up there on the hill, but you have to find some kind of success and it becomes a balanced thing. So we've seen that the rushing attack has been pretty solid. The passing game has been okay, but they they're doing it in a way that fits Langford for the most part. Um, so with that being said, if they continue to be balanced and then find ways to get turnovers and also find ways to just, Stop Southern's offensive attack. Take that crowd out of the game at A.W. Mumford Stadium. Then this will be the prime opportunity for Alabama A&M to get a victory to improve the 2-1 on the season, 1-0 in swag play, and carry momentum into what will be a short week because they play Al excuse me, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff next week Thursday at home on ESPNU. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Southern being on a snide. I saw an interesting note. I mean, I thought about it. I didn't think about it, but it's mm -hmm. true. Not only is Southern 0-2 on this season, they're 0-2 in the SWAC. Now, these, these games didn't count towards the conference play, but we we're aware right. that they played Alabama State and they played Jackson State. I didn't put together that Alabama State and Jackson State are both in the SWAC East. So now you have three games against SWAC East opponents to open up your year. 
And you might be on a three-game snide against the other side of the conference. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I just didn't – honestly, I just didn't think about that. I just said, oh, they lost to two SWAC teams. They lost two SWAC teams. That's the end of my thought process. Right. But if they want to make sure that it's not three in a row, because I think that would be a bad look for a team that's competing for the top of the SWAC West, honestly. If they want to try to go make it uh, or get their first victory of the year, they're going to have to sustain offense. Eric, that's been a big thing. Eric Dooley is an offensive mastermind. That's what he does. That's his specialty. It's time to kick that in. And he said they were at a four out of 10, with 10 being the highest of where they wanted to be. So they aren't even halfway to where they think they are, what they could be, or what they want to be. But overall, I'm looking at Southern, who they scored in the first quarter of both of their first two games. But then after that, things get stale. Against Alabama State, they scored 10 points in the first half. After that, they were absolutely shut down. They had four turnovers in the second half alone. Matter of fact, they had seven drives in the second half. Four of those are turnovers. It's unacceptable in 30 minutes of play that half of your drives re result in turnovers. That's just that's just unacceptable. You're not going to win against anybody playing like that. You have to be able to sustain offense against Jackson State. You score in the first quarter. Then you're scoreless in the second and the third, and you score one more touchdown in the fourth, but the game is pretty much it's kind of done by that point. You know, you're like, I think Ethan Hunt, man, I've been watching Mission Impossible. Um, I think Andre Hunt, I actually just finished watching Mission Impossible before we got on. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> but Andre Hunt kind of stole all of that momentum away. So it was one of those type of situations where your offense is stalled out in each of the first two weeks. You just haven't looked good after the first quarter, and that's a problem. Harold Blood has struggled after the first quarter. Everything has went down, and if you're trying to come up with your first victory of the season, this has to be a trend that you break this week. You're going into SWAC play. All those other games were against SWAC opponents, but they mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing. For example, you look at a team like any team in the CAA who might play North Carolina A&T. They might play a, a Delaware State. They might play multiple teams in the MEAC. Those games mean nothing outside of the game against North Carolina A&T. So it's not about just how many HBCUs you play. It's about what HBCUs you, HBCUs you play that actually impact your chances at the end of the year. Yes, sir. And for Alabama State, Jackson State, I'm sure those were tough losses, especially in the Boombox Classic. It was tough to have to go through that. But if we're looking towards the Celebration Bowl, those games do absolutely nothing to your chances. You want them? Nothing. You lose them? Nothing. So if you want to win this game and you want to start your path to the celebration bowl, you have to sustain offense beyond just the first quarter. That's my key for them. No, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, you have to sustain offense. I mean, I went back and I watched the Alabama State Southern game to do my notes for the Miles Alabama State game. And then I watched the Jackson State Southern game the other day. And yeah, I noticed that really after that first touchdown drive for Southern, and that interception they had in the red zone early in the first half, the offense really wasn't clicking um, many times. Of course, a lot of that had to do with the fact that the rushing attack was basically non-existent, and all of a sudden you're in second and long or third and long, and you're forcing Jackson State to basically play a nickel and dime defense at 
certain points in time. So, yeah, that becomes hard for an offense that's not accustomed to doing a lot of things. So, I mean, yeah, for Southern, I really think right now they have to find a way to step it up if they want to go ahead and um, not only win this game, but get themselves propelled into the race for the SWAC West. As you mentioned, non-conference game week one, non-conference game week two. Brand new season for the Southern Jaguars down there on the bluff. But at the same time, yeah, they could probably lose this game and still run the table for the West, but it'd be easier if they got a victory on Saturday to do yeah. that. Yeah, and and I'll say this. One thing, because I'm always trying to find a way. I'm an optimistic mm-hmm. guy. I'm always trying to find a way. Okay, maybe this isn't this bad because of this. And I think the one maybe silver lining is maybe you could say it's the opponents you went against. Alabama State and Jackson State have claims to being probably one of the top three. They probably make up the top three defenses in the SWAC going into the year alongside FAMU. By that definition, Alabama A&M would not be in the top three. So you might be taking a little bit of a step down as far as the top tier defenses that you've been facing. So now you have an opportunity to say, it's not that we're bad. They're just really elite. And maybe we're not elite, but we're not bad. So... I think that's a little bit of a silver line if you're a Jaguar fan. So that's a little nugget. That's the the hint of optimism you get for staying this whole time and listening to myself and my guy, Mo Carter, who this is completely named after, the Mo Carter Bowl. So I appreciate it, man. Good luck to both of your teams. I think you made the right call going with Alabama A&M because Southern ain't going to drive all the way down to Huntsville to come get you. But Huntsville. They'll drive five minutes to come get you if you start talking about Southern. But I appreciate you, Mo. You can follow my guy, Mo, at Car- or excuse me, Mo on Twitter at Mo Carter Fox 54. That is Mo Carter Fox 54. And as always, doing great work. I appreciate you. And I appreciate all of you for making this your first listen of the day every day. We'll be back to recap this game on Monday and more. So be on the lookout. But in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, You can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.